I talk to strangers day or night. I talk to strangers in any kind of line. It makes sense to me to believe in the kindness and the trust I Slope. Yeah. And like, there are I different levels of living in Park Slope. Yeah, I think there are. Like, in I what just, regard? Well, like, you know, um, I don't know. It's just like, I grew up with a single parent and a family business. And like, this coffee, this store. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I Because I just want to stop retail, you real quick you know? just to introduce <laughs> you because actually, I'm in um, a great shop that I love. And can you just tell me, tell me your name again? Uh, my name is Ben. Ben. And I've known, well, known you come into this shop for a really long time. But I don't even, I, what is your mom's name? Rosemary. Rosemary, right. Yeah. And it's so funny because you guys have owned, how long has she owned this shop? Uh, geez, since, uh, I, you know, like 28 years, something like that. I think it opened in 92. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it opened in 92. It's even hard for me to like think back to them. It's all like. <laughs> well, how old are you? Think about it. Oh, just one second. Okay. This guy's just bringing something in. What's up, man? Thank hey, you. Thank you very much. You got one. Oh, you got one more. So, how did she name it? What did she? Why did she? Well, come? my father uh, opened the business originally. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, thank you, man. Uh, it's uh, fine, F-I-N-E. Thank you. So it's Rosie's keys. So that's after her. Well, yeah, you know, like uh, uh, she, uh, she, my, my mother was originally like a, an actress. Uh, like she worked with a theater company called the Irish Rep. Oh, uh, really? I don't know if it's still around, but. <laughs> in Ireland? No, no, it's actually in it's in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they did, you know, it was just like a kind of small theater company that just did you know plays and huh. stuff like that and shows and um, was your dad named joe my dad's name was alan actually not java joe not jo no not not, <laughs> not not joe everybody called him joe really uh, yeah for why? a while but i, I guess java joe's and he would, oh he would because go he, why did he name list. it java joe's it just, uh, I think it just sounded like, you know, Cup of Joe, sounded like a oh. coffee kind of name for, you know, right. and he also didn't want it to be necessarily a cafe, he wanted it to be a place where you would buy actual, like, coffee beans, beans uh, for people who like to make their own coffee. Which was a thing um, before now, it's become Well, now more... we have to do all this because, you know, if, you know, Starbucks and, you know, all Yeah, you actually come up as Starbucks on my phone. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> We're not technology people here, okay? We, no, don't, go, we, we like... don't go into all that. <laughs> but like, you know, we still, that's we why still I love do it. a lot of stuff by hand, you know? Right. Like, uh, so, yeah, we are planning on, you know, I guess uh, modernizing the, the business a little bit, but like. It's yeah, just... but the beauty of this place is when I come here. I just, I feel like, I know I'm going to have a good conversation, whether it's you or your mom or people who've worked here in the past. And it's just interesting because it's, 
you said like Park Slope is different to different, there are different Park Slopes and we were talking, which is why I started recording us, which of course always changes the nature of the conversation. But the idea of, of um, sort of what we expect and when we get what we want, right? Like Park Slope is a place, it's very expensive now. And, and it's kind of like, I was laughing at the idea that when you can make it here, it's like you've arrived, but then you could be in like the crappiest, foulest state of mind. And yet yeah. here you are in Park Slope and everybody thinks, oh, well, but you live in Park Slope. I, I hate saying I live in Park Slope yeah. these days. It makes me, I mean, I've lived here for 18 years, but it makes me embarrassed now, you know, like I'm so fancy, you know? I mean, well, you know, I, I like, I think it's kind of like, you know, I don't really, like for me, we, when I was growing up, my mom had like friends in this neighborhood and a lot of them were a lot more just obviously wealthier than we were. Yeah. Right? Like summer homes, things like that. Yeah. Like that's not something I've just had in a, the apartment. That's it. Right. Like, and so for me, like, it just depends on the type of person you are. Like I personally don't really care what someone else has. Right. Like. Like, sometimes, like, maybe I'll notice something that, like, ooh, I wish I had that. But right. I can, t- I, for me, like, it's very clear the difference between, like, being jealous. Right. And, like, once you start, like, not liking them for that. Right. You know what I mean? So right. when people engage in that, it happens, I think, more, like, if, if you live in, like, a poor neighborhood. Yeah. And you go to a richer area. Yeah. Like some people like just naturally will just develop this like resentment towards right. the people who live in that area you know what I mean yeah but it's interesting because I, we were talking about expectation and when we get what we want how we actually feel right and yeah I used to hang out in another cafe in the neighborhood Parco and I would talk to the the people who worked there and I started giving out these gold stars to people just for trying it was kind of a funny thing. I don't know if I, I don't know, did I ever give you one when I was, <laughs> I owe you one. <laughs> but it's funny because the people behind the counter would always talk about how miserable some of these people were who would come in, you know, before work. Mm-hmm. And that they were, they were very successful in their field. And they would just complain all the time to the barista how much they'd prefer to be in their shoes. You know, that they wish they could get rid of all this pressure. And it was always really interesting to me because I had quit my job to raise my kids. And I I would just, it would be interesting to watch all these very successful people and how they really felt about their lives. As someone who has lives. worked the service industry yeah. in which you, you know, like I, a lot of my friends have like kind of, they're in the, the tech world. Yeah. And, you know, they work for Google. Yeah. Some of them work for like Snapchat. And personally for me, I don't, I don't, I have a little bit of judgment about just, I work more hours than them throughout the week. Right. But yet some of them make like a hundred grand a year. I know. And and now I understand the reason that is. I, I logically, I understand that is because the way I've always felt that money works in a certain kind of way, at least in America is if you are in the orbit of money, yeah. as in the tech industry is in the orbit of what's important right, right. now, right? Facebook, there's a lot of money invested into that. Yeah. There's a lot of money 
and Instagram, all these. Now, they're actually not really that substantial in terms of what they actually do for us. However, <laughs> um, but the thing is, if you get a job and you're in the orbit of money, yeah. you just make more money. Yeah. If well, because they can service. Yeah. I'm outside the orbit of money. So I get paid very little money. And even if I work 50 hours a week, I can barely make 30 grand a year. Yeah. And that's. It's just like sometimes like that. It's just a weird like sometimes it bothers me. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. But I also didn't. When I went to college, I didn't do any of my work. I cut my classes. Really? And then I ended up going back to get an associate's degree at BMCC. But I always hated school. I never liked it. I did not. I don't have an issue with learning. I just really could not. I was not into school. I just that's did, the saddest did not thing. motivate That's me. the saddest thing for me to hear because I think education is so important. And I think that it's not your fault. Like you're obviously, whenever I talk to you and I came in here, you've turned the music down now, but you're always like, you're a musician, right? Yeah. 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 And, and to me, it's like, what do you play? Uh, I play drums, but I, oh, I yeah. actually make electronic music, oh. uh, so I produce my own music. Is this your music that you're playing? Uh, this is actually, it's it's very low right now. Uh, it is one of my songs, yeah. Can you <laughs> turn it up a little so we can hear? <laughs> I got really into electronic music. I started going to dance clubs, and it's like, it really, you appreciate it when you're yeah, so at a club. Yeah, I, I do a lot of like dance or darker stuff, techno. I also do an old kind of genre of electronic music called synthwave, which isn't really, it's it's a pretty small genre now. Like, I, I, it has a very, like, smaller listener, but it's basically like electronic music with this kind of 80s vibe to it. Yeah. It sounds like it was made in the 80s kind of thing. Um, so when I were you born? What year were you born? 94. I'm 26. <laughs> God, it's just crazy because when I think of the 80s, it's, you know, my teen years and then meeting people now who weren't even alive then. But you, you're a full adult, so that kind of makes me old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. But the 80s, it is an interesting thing, like decades and how we you know view them and how you view them not having been alive like your perspective on it from yeah well music actually one, and one interesting thing about that is a lot uh, you know a lot of people i i knew like my, like in my generation uh -huh. um loved classic rock oh yeah loved the like 80s 70s. stuff right oh, now 80s. i like some of the famous songs yeah. from that time however like what i you know like like just the 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 sort of normal stuff that you hear like Grateful Dead music like mm -hmm. some of the some of the hits like from you know you know like Rolling Stones like those kinds of songs like yeah the stuff you hear all the time yeah that, but, but those guys I were never earlier with that music and yeah. honestly like I don't really like the classic stuff that yeah. much I just always notice like everybody has this love for it especially younger people I've noticed right. like just really like it that's interesting and I definitely think mainstream music today doesn't have the same quality that that music had because now everything is so much more just a little bit more like i don't know overly edited and like mm, just kind produced. of produced yeah it's it's but controlled. you do techno so there's definitely a production value i have a, I have a yeah, friend yeah. who's who's a musician who's like a jazz musician and he gets kind of angry about like his 
kids being into techno. And I, I always have to say, like, you know, progress happens and things change. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because we were talking about, like, education and not learning. But I, you, your knowledge, I imagine, of, like, the music that you do and the, you know, we tend to learn when we're interested. Well, I used right? to think the same thing. Uh, when, see, the thing is, when you play an instrument and then you see that people are starting to do very well in the music industry by basically having a computer yeah. uh, control or play the skill. And right, they right, right. decide what they input, and that's the creative element. I thought that too, and I was very critical of a lot of like music that didn't have real musicians playing. Yeah. However, when I started like listening to it and getting into it, and then I started making my own electronic music, it's something I really enjoy. And yeah, basically, it's, super it's just fun. different than playing an instrument oh, because yeah. you're the composer, yeah. you're the producer, yeah. you're the mixing engineer. Yeah. You you have to learn how to use all these vastly different programs. Well, I think one friend that I had who, and this was before the pandemic, but she used to complain because all of a sudden, what she loved about playing music was actually the collaboration with other humans in real time, right? And there's something about electronic music that takes that aspect away, that's which for... That's, it's funny, that's what I like about it. <laughs> right, I, right. I did play in Are like, you kind a of a different bands, so, yeah. and I... But I'm a drummer, so when you're, when you're a drummer, uh, the experience is usually that someone else is writing the music and you're playing a beat to it. Yeah. And, uh... I never... So you weren't the leader of the band? No, no. And I'm sure there are cases where the drummer is, in fact, the leader of the band. But as <laughs> just somebody who only played drums, you know, right. I could fool around on guitar, you were on but I played yeah. drums. Uh, huh. If I was in a situation like... I, There were plenty of songs that I played with bands where I didn't even like the music that much. Right, oh, It yeah. wasn't even really my sort of cup of tea, you know? So this allows you agency to, like, create Yeah, and I actually like doing it alone. I have done some collaborations with other artists. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is because, especially during COVID, this is something I can do. Yeah. I don't need to be Do you have a synthesizer, or what do you have? So I use a MacBook Pro, like a very beefy yeah. MacBook Pro uh, that cost me a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, I use a program called Logic Pro X, which uh -huh. is made by Apple. Oh, and yeah. And it's a DAW system. And basically a DAW system, I mean, when a, when a live band, like a band, a real band that plays instruments, when they go to record, the engineer will have a DAW system that takes all the tracks in. Yeah. And that's another thing I say to people who criticize like that type of music, even if you are a real musician, technology is what allows you to have your music heard by other people. Yeah, yeah. So we've, it's, we've used that, yeah, over it's, time. It's the not different something to really be upset about or criticize. It's like... But we can all hold on. I mean, I think change is obviously inevitable, right? But even like, look, let's look at what's happening now. You know, people have had to change. You and I are wearing masks while I'm wearing a scarf that I've pulled up over my face. <laughs> you are wearing uh, yeah, a mask. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and school is often, you know, a lot of the kids are virtual and that can be an issue. And then we have to adapt. And it, I actually run these drum workshops. And one of the things I talk a lot about with the people, like I work with, in homeless shelters, I've worked in schools, like underprivileged schools. And because it, I feel that like rhythm is something that can bring us so much like uh, a lot of calm and a lot of like 
our our soul can be kind of I don't know fulfilled is probably a little much but we were talking about expectations and I feel like when I when I just start to give people the opportunity to make a beat mm-hmm. that it's giving them something really serious for themselves and it's if we, I, I, I often liken it to the womb right and that in the womb there was that kind of rhythm and that regular beat and when we're pulled out into the cold hard world it's something so it's funny because when I walked in here today I was like oh yep there it is you know Ben's here and the music because I know that you've made this music you've told me and it's interesting because there is something that I've learned to really appreciate about repetitive rhythms Mm. you know and uh and what we're looking for in our lives like you said some days you wish you made a lot more money and like life would be different but you know since since having more money in my life i realize very keenly there's still so much more work that has to be done on ourselves to figure out what's going to make us happy right yeah i mean also like you know i don't really uh i've started to kind of think that like maybe having a goal of being happy is just sort of just a an avoidance of like just being like real you know just existing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just like 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 a lot of people want like some it's like this expectation of like utopia like that things should be a certain way and they're not I can't handle that like yeah no that's a huge thing the should I don't agree with that way of thinking about yeah really life i and music for me like yes i think music is a very sincere thing and i yeah. think it can make you feel good but i also listen to styles of music that are really dark yeah yeah I listen to black metal i listen to like a lot of hard rap yeah and that stuff is not very positive but it also <laughs> gives me a very goosebump feeling when i hear some of it yeah so it, it's well we really relate just, to it makes you feel the way it makes you feel kind of like that, that's the whole thing when we are only working in the in the happy emotions right like I work with kids and it's like I would make them go through like just making faces like what does sad look like what is happy like what does funny feel like like we actually are going to I mean you know nowadays they we you know there are even drugs that can make you feel good all the time which actually they have to adjust constantly because your body absorbs them and then doesn't you react get used to it, yeah. <laughs> you get used to it i used to be on adderall for oh yeah ADD, oh yeah I was on it for a long time and i stopped it about two years ago but i started off on five milligrams which is very that's a very that's the smallest dose right right uh i ended up on 60 because of the fact that i was prescribed it every day of course so you adjust and you know like if i had taken a 60 milligram pill for the first time i would have felt like i was having a heart attack yeah no like i know I you build out. it up so it tells you what you're, what's like, happening in then your body. i realized how strong that actually was and mm-hmm. how bad for me how bad for my heart that was how bad for my body that was and i i got off it not in the most proper way though unfortunately i just oh randomly God. stopped <laughs> i did the exact same thing with with and uh, i had a lot of bad withdrawal from that yeah like it was really weird. <laughs> I know. Like well, this caffeine combined with some some other terrible addiction withdrawal. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I think that those things are we we have the ability talk about technology and we have the ability to try to make ourselves happy all the time and we have the 
technology that's created, the, you know, pharmaceuticals and things that are supposedly going to like, you know, switch your body chemistry and do, and I'm not dissing pharmaceuticals writ large at all. I just, yeah. I feel like to your point, you know, you're obviously an emotional person and most of the people I know who get into music are and, and to like roll with those emotions, whether they're positive or negative is kind of, it's, it's, it's what's going to be, you know, it is what is. And then you have to play music or paint or do yeah. whatever to express yourself in that moment to get in touch with you know, what you're feeling in order to, and to forgive yourself for, I think it's that comparative, like what we should be feeling that can be. And in a place like Park Slope, when people, when you're not necessarily feeling great and people tell you, well, you live in Park Slope, you have a duplex, you should be very happy. <laughs> really? Like, can you give me the blow by blow, the minute by minute yeah. actions that I should take in order to be a constantly, consistently yeah, happy well, I mean, person? Again, it's like everybody has their own thing. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of like when I was younger and my mom used to say things like, you have no idea how lucky you are. There are children starving. Right. And the thing with that kind of, yes, that's true. Yeah. But the way I think about it is everybody experiences their moment and totally. their experience. So if I was one of those people, right. I would be dealing with that just like they are. Yeah, exactly. If they were me, they would be dealing with what I'm dealing yes. with. And you can be sure they'd be complaining about the same <laughs> stuff I'd be complaining. It's all in relation to what you well, have and don't have. And exactly. And I always, so. I get aggravated because I walk out my door in the morning and I run into a couple different characters who I can count on to be super negative, right? And it's so funny because I'm like, I work really hard. Like I, I literally have gone to like an ashram for positivity weekend, which is filled with all people who are there on a group on after a breakup, it was hilarious. But the point is like, I work at positivity because I'm working against a fair bit of negativity and I, I like to feel positive, right? Like yeah. it's, a, it's something I strive for. And I know that I, I'm working against certain things and that I allow myself if I'm having a crappy day, then, you know, but the point is there are like skills, right? It's like building up like a toolbox of things we yeah. can do to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but when you're constantly hit up with these people who seemingly have so much, who can only see the negatives, it, it gets, it kind of is hard. It's kind of... When you're working on it yourself and you're thinking to yourself, I have so much, I need to be appreciative. And then you're constantly yeah. met with people who are like, this is why I'm allowed to be unhappy today. And you're like, you're always allowed and you have to grant people their feelings. Yeah, most of the time, like I have friends who like some some friends, like no names, but like they can <laughs> be quite negative sometimes. Yeah. But most of the time to me, like I don't really have much patience for that stuff. Yeah. I don't say anything. Yeah. I just don't really even pay attention or listen. Right. Because I don't really. Again, it's like. I've always been under, under like the, the, the number one thing that I believe in is that like you are ultimately responsible for yourself. Yeah. You're responsible for your reaction to something that bad that happens to yeah. you, no matter how severe that is. And I think it's much healthier to be somebody who can just be upset when they're upset, right. be happy when they're happy, and just leave it at that. If you, if you think about it like that, you don't need to complain to people. You yeah. can actually know you're upset and just 
take it on yourself yeah exactly but that's i think that's part of like being an independent thinker right is you don't have to but i'm also more of an introvert a little bit especially around like maybe one-on-one i'm more talkative yeah around groups of people if somebody's really upset like i'm not the person to really butt in and like really get involved with something right i'm more, right. I, I'm more like to observe people <laughs> right. and like watch something rather than make a decision how i want to whether i want to step in or not right right you know i'm just i've always kind of been like that but then you also um, take care of yourself so your attitude is kind of like okay this person needs to like take it yeah on my attitude is just i've had th- my 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 bad things that have happened to me in my life and I've had good things that have happened to me in my right. life and at the stage I am at now I have things I'm feeling confused about I have things I'm happy about right. but that's it's like everything literally in the world follows that structure Yeah. Uh, relationships follow that structure oh it's gosh, just that yeah. people's expectations of what they think they should have or yeah. they just like I don't know. Like, <laughs> we've come full circle on the expectations. Not, you know, I, I don't believe in like. I don't. I don't believe that like we should have anything really in particular. You right. Know? Yeah. Like, it's hard to say. I picked up a book today. It had a Jewish star on it, and I'm Jewish, and it's you know the holidays, and I've sort of not been so religious in past years, and so I'm always kind of torn. But I picked up this book that was sort of sitting there waiting, and it's the book is called I think how to be happy and it's by a rabbi and there are very specific rules on what we need to do to be happy one of which is nature which i totally subscribe to but another is just like because it's directed toward the jewish people and what we are and what we have and what we've dealt with and and that never sits well with me i'm more of a i don't know a globalist i'm i don't like the the identity politics that we've found ourselves in but but it's interesting because I think it's a lot of, as they say in the Jewish tradition, chutzpah, to write a book <laughs> that you know how to how to make people happy. So that's interesting. But Ben, it's been great talking to you, and thank you so much yeah. for for giving me your time yeah. and no, the delicious thanks. coffee thank all these years. Me to join your, your thing. Yeah, and thanks yeah. for the music. Keep playing; it's it sounds great. So thank you. And remember, everybody, talk to strangers like your favorite baristas. <laughs>